Late night breaks, I hear the tires squeal. Red light can't stop, so I spin the wheel. My world goes black before I feel an angel lift me up, and I open bloodshot eyes into fluorescent white. Flip the siren, hit the lights, close the doors, and I am gone. Welcome to Bougie Bros, hosted by Sean Pitts and Jack Bush. This is episode one. In today's episode, the Bougie Bros will walk you through their recommendations for being an active and successful member of an EMS team. No EMT wants to feel in the way on any seat, and they will teach you how one might better prepare to adequately participate in EMS scenes in the first year. The Bougie Bros sit down and discuss their start in EMS and provide tips to ensure you are more comfortable walking into a stranger's home and providing appropriate medical care. They will provide direction on things to work on, courses to take, and certificates to obtain in your green year of EMS. Hey guys, Sean Pitts here, Jack Bush by my side, and we are the Bougie Bros. Our goal is to promote pre-hospital education through informed discussion. We'd like to get some introductions out of the way, so I'll go ahead and start. I've been an EMT since 2007 with a transporting agency. I went ahead and got my advanced EMT in 2009 and moved on to get an EMS educator certification in 2011. Jack, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? So Sean, tell me a little bit about uh, what got you interested in EMS, how you came to this current position and uh, what your future plans are. Uh, yeah, so uh, my my family's always been in the kind of EMS realm. My dad uh, has been a paramedic in the uh, Spokane region since the uh, early 1980s. So I've always been kind of around it, been interested in it, knew the lingo, knew the terminology, knew the schedules. Um, did some odd and end jobs when I got out of high school and took my first EMT class uh, in 2006 and just became pretty much fell in love with EMS in general. I liked the environment. I liked the brotherhood. Uh, I enjoyed the schedule. I liked the excitement. Uh, all of it just kind of seemed to fit for me. So took my EMT class and started working with uh, a rural agency and that uh, just definitely kicked off my career. I, I was attached to it, so moved on to advanced EMT to gain a little bit higher scope of practice, and then uh, found kind of a love for education. Uh, so then I moved on to uh, some more initial education and um, just really enjoy being part of the, the educational process of others. So it uh, just seemed to be something that fit well for me. So I'm sure people are wondering, you know, did you know what you were getting into? I think I had kind of an idea, right, since I've been around it most of my life. But Did you do ride-alongs, or how did that? Uh, I got a chance to do some ride-alongs during my EMT class, So, but I didn't I didn't do anything before you, that you EMT class. You didn't go class. Uh, to work with Dad or anything like that? No, no, because uh, oh, okay. he was flight medicine, so they didn't allow a whole lot of ride-alongs on the helicopter. Oh, so. bummer. Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't that have been super fun? <laughs> uh, what about you? What drew you to EMS, and uh, uh, why did you get into a, a career in this field? Well, mostly, uh, I think it was because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, 
like I said, I started as a lifeguard. I, that was a great summer job for me. Because that's that's EMS, right? Well, I think that's want to be EMS. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, but you know, there's something to be said hanging out at the pool all summer or at the beach, and um, it provided me with the foundation uh, to start EMS. And uh, it was a good time for me. And I had a lot of um, questions about what we were being taught and how how that worked, and a lot of the pathophys behind it, which I didn't really know. That's what I was. Uh, questioning at the time and um, so I kind of pursued an education in EMS I took my EMT class initially in Idaho and then came over to Washington uh, took it took it again um, how come you took it again was there an issue like transitioning from state to state no, or I I completed the class in Idaho and I didn't think I was going to do it so I just kind of let it go so then when I moved over to Washington you know I kind of thought more about it I did a couple ride-alongs and um, I decided, you know, really, this is something I want to do. And so I decided in order to pass the National Registry test, I would probably benefit from taking the class over again. So that's what I did. And um, it was offered at very low cost uh, for me, which was another incentive uh, for me to take it. So I did that, um, really, really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, got some experience on a transport agency. Uh, I tried to run as many calls as I could. I was also working a full-time job. And, um, so that's kind of interesting. Did you find it hard to go to school and to be an EMT and work a full-time job? Do you think that conflicted? Do you think it's sure. a good idea? Um, you know, for me, it was it provided a uh, kind of a camaraderie. So I was able to go from my full-time job, which um, you know at the time that was a job that really wasn't for you know eighteen-year-olds, um, but more a job for you know professionals and a uh, little older adults and so most of the people that I uh, would converse with on a daily basis at my full-time job um, weren't as fun as the people that I'd then go and uh, you know work the night shift with and so it provided a, a sense of brotherhood and camaraderie for me uh, to go from my full-time job and then you know um, provide an area for me to sleep and get some experience and calls and people to talk to about their experiences and kind of broaden my scope from there. Yeah, because I think the that was one of the things that drew me, that brotherhood and camaraderie you speak of is is unmatched. I, I don't think in any other, and I didn't have a lot of professional experience before taking my EMT class, um, but definitely no other job I worked in had that brotherhood, family-like environment. So it's interesting that we both kind of have that same attachment, uh, something along those lines. I, I'd say if that wasn't there, I probably would not have continued. Um, I agree. You know, I had a lot of support from people that I worked with, and um, as a result, you know, they kind of... Um, showed me the pathway to furthering my um, knowledge and skills and scope and uh, you know continuing um, and moving on on the career ladder for EMS and so far it's been great. Do you think because you mentioned you, know, you did some ride-alongs and I didn't so do you think that that did that play a big role in in your initial education or do you think without that component I mean obviously for a new EMT do you, do you recommend ride-alongs? Well I mean I, you know, I rode with the fire department, um, and so I didn't really know what transport EMS was all about. I just kind of assumed it was all one thing. Um, obviously, you don't get transported in the fire truck, but, um, you know, I kind of assumed everyone kind of worked for the same people, all of the above. Uh, but I, it did give me a glimpse into what these people did on a daily basis and the kind of calls that they went on, and um, I think that just, I already had an interest there. I already wanted to help people. Um, and I think you have to have those kind of fundamental um, 
passions before you can go into EMS. And so I think that was there. And I think it was just furthered by, um, you know, or I guess uh, supported by going on these these calls with the fire department. Even as an observer, I mean, I didn't really do anything. Uh, But getting to see uh, the guys and gals go to work and, and do their job and help someone else was really kind of enlightening to me and made me pursue it even faster. I think that's super important because, you know, new people coming into the EMT programs that they have no idea what they're getting into. I think I think you and I probably can agree that we see a lot of people drop out of class, but they do some ride alongs, they understand schedules and camaraderie and how it can mess with, you know, food habits and that kind of thing. I think it's really important to at least get a good idea. Um, you know, I had the background with it as a, you know, as a kid seeing, you know, my family, you know, work in EMS and then yours, of course, you'd you know, I don't know if you have any family in EMS, but it gave you a chance to see what this job was all about. Yeah, interestingly enough, I have a pretty diverse family, but both of my parents are in the medical field. Um, but what what they did in work and, and at home were kind of separated, so it wasn't something I was really um, immersed in. But I always had questions about it, and they answered them. So uh, I think that probably was the impetus for um, my interest in medicine and then I wasn't really sure you know maybe I'll go to college maybe I'll be a doctor uh, you know at one point I really wanted to be a cardiothoracic surgeon and then I kind of you're almost there yeah just right. a couple more years of school and I think you got you got yeah, it taken care of 10, yeah no big deal um, yeah so it just kind of you know this was a, a quicker faster option and gave me a little bit um, broader you know scale in terms of the patients that I could help and, uh, and as soon as I took that EMT class and started uh, with my first job uh, volunteering, uh, I mean, it just kind of took off. I, I loved it. Absolutely. Do you think volunteering initially is important or do you think someone, a brand new EMT should go with a, a career field right out, like a career job right out of the gate? Well, personally, I think uh, volunteering is a better route. And the reason why I think that is any job, it doesn't matter if it's an EMS or not, uh, I think any full-time job, you're going to have to make the transition from doing things for yourself to doing things for others while still maintaining some kind of um, balance between your personal life and your work life. And I think sometimes that's hard. So if you mix that in with your passion, um, you know, initially I think that can be difficult for some people, especially if you don't know what your pathway is. But, uh, you know, volunteering gives, you know, if you don't want to work, you don't necessarily have to go work that shift, right? You're volunteering your time to go work a shift on the ambulance or fire truck or whatever it is. And, um, and so you're not necessarily held to the same schedule that you would be if you were full time. It allows you a little more flexibility. And I think that, at least for me, that was really important because I was kind of at a crossroads and I didn't know if I wanted to go down a professional business path or if I wanted a different career you know an EMS and um, that was really important for me to kind of get to do both things and determine which one was better and I think if you just went to EMT class and went into directly into a full-time job there's benefits to that as well but that would not have been uh, a good thing for me to do. Yeah I agree and I think you know with both of our backgrounds being pretty similar we spent some time uh, volunteering and I think in that first year I think that's super important I think it grows your love for EMS I think it shows your dedication for EMS I think that's uh, an important uh, kind of foundation piece in that in that first year is uh, love EMS love what this job is about love the camaraderie get a chance to get to know 
the ins and outs of EMS, and I think there's a lot of good chance for that. You know, if you're working as a, a full-time individual, you're you're restrained to only 40 hours a week and certain shifts and certain partners. But as a volunteer, you get some variability. You get a chance to work more, work less, uh, and be a little bit more flexible. So right. I think in that first year, I think that vol- like I totally agree that volunteering piece is is extremely important. Yeah, and I think you know the first year is kind of the make, make it or break it for people. I think 100%. that's where they really decide this is something I really want to do and continue to do it. You know, or maybe this isn't for me. And I think, you know, um, you got to have a good group of people to help instill in you the values that EMS has and moving forward and the passion that they have for it and kind of work off that to build your own, um, you know, pathway through EMS. But I guess kind of talking on that first year topic, what do you think there's like specific, um, you know, highlights or or things that people should try to obtain during the first year in terms of experience or certs or anything like that? You know, I think, I mean, volunteer, I think is super important. Um, on, on the route of like certifications, I think uh, just taking any and all classes that, that could be offered to you. I know a lot of people, you know, you're volunteering, so therefore you're not making a lot of money. Um, so looking for those free education if you can. There's lots of resources when it comes to social media, uh, YouTube, there's free continuing education programs that, you, that these students can watch, uh, or these providers, obviously. Um, I think that's super important just because, you know, we all know we come out of this EMT program, uh, any EMT program really with just a baseline foundational cookie cutter knowledge of EMS. Sure. And I don't, I don't think that directly prepares them for the real world. And I also don't think it's the EMS educator's job to prepare them for real EMS. I think it's their job to instill that foundation that everyone has. And so taking more classes and learning what the real life is like, uh, I think going on calls and asking questions of providers, I think is also really important because now they can have some... Um, some job related experience they can start comparing to well we learned it this way in the textbook and you know how does that relate to the real world so I think that's important so any and all classes that students can take whether it's free or cost uh, obviously if they can afford it then that's great um, but I think free programs are are, are really important uh, I, think, I think that's one of the reasons you align with an agency as, as quickly as possible after obtaining your EMT because you know, at least here in the state of Washington, you kind of have to be affiliated with some kind of agency in order to get your EMT license. But in other areas, that's not the case. And I think aligning yourself with an agency that provides training helps you obtain that training easier and less expensive. For sure. Um, you know, most of the agencies I work for, even at the very start, provided, you know, monthly trainings, uh, you know, sometimes with a physician, sometimes with a, other people that you work with. Um, and then, of course, you have people that have been doing this forever that you can ask questions and get some more knowledge on. Um, you know, but I think that for me, the main focus uh, for my first year was kind of bridging the gap between what I was taught in EMT school and what actually happens out in the field. And, yeah, for sure. You know, of course, I, I think anyone that goes into any class and thinks that this class is going to prepare you to be the best provider ever on your very first EMS call is doing themselves a disservice. They're, you know, that's not what it's meant to do. It's supposed to be a, a foundational knowledge and you build upon that and uh, you have to be kind of a critical thinker in this field. So, um, you know, it's important that you realize that that's the foundation and you can only go up from there. Uh, and that's why you kind of learn the heuristics and the pattern recognition as you go on each of these scene calls and you, 
you go on two, three, four abdominal calls and you get that pattern recognition down or, you know, a cardiac arrest, you kind of get how that works. And, and over the course of that first year, I think, you, you know, especially if you're volunteering regularly, uh, you know, I think that that comes quickly and, and is backed up. And when you have questions, it's answered and it makes you a better provider as you move forward. I'm not saying anyone after a year is going to be the best provider ever. I like to think that EMS is constantly changing and so you have to constantly be learning um, and that that's what makes you a good provider but yeah and I think um, I don't know if you agree with this but I think no education is is bad education you know I don't I don't think these new green EMTs should shy away from a, a class put on by a paramedic or like you said physician led because I think I think they get intimidated they don't want to go sit in a classroom full of other paramedics and seasoned EMTs taught by a physician because well, what if that's going to be over my head? I don't think there's any bad education. I think the more they learn, the more knowledge they obtain, the the more they understand what the next level of care can do. I think that makes them a, a solid EMT. That way, they don't feel intimidated going into a room with you know some seasoned providers. And then, of course, you know they feel like they're just in the way. They're not they're not contributing to a, a, a successful EMS team. I think now they understand what's required to be in a successful EMS team. And I think that's that's also really important. In, in that initial year to take every course that's offered, whether it's a room full of paramedics. I think, you know, myself, I was taking, you know, stepping in or sitting in on the, the paramedic refresher programs. And uh, you look at, um, you know, ACLS with the American Heart Association and a lot of EMTs shy away from stuff like that because they feel like, well, I can't do that in my scope of practice. Well, I don't think there's any education that's bad education. I think it all just builds a strong EMS provider. And I think that makes us all um, extremely successful. I agree. I think the only caveat there is when you have providers that um, aren't solid on their BLS skills and yet want to learn all these exciting procedures or drugs that they could utilize as a paramedic and yet that's not within their scope because they're not a paramedic or nurse or doc. Um, and I agree with you. I think it's really important that you learn as much as you can, even if it's outside of your scope, because it just helps uh, you know support uh, your critical thinking in the field even if you can't do that particular procedure or drug. But I, I do caution people in doing that because you have to know what you're allowed to do. If you if you know your protocols and you know what you're allowed to do as an EMT, what's within your scope, then I think absolutely you should build on that by going and getting more advanced level classes, um, learning some more advanced techniques. Um, do so you have specific classes in mind? Like me, the, the couple that come to mind is, you know, pre-hospital trauma life support yeah, from I the NAEMT. Um, they're the AMLS, a, Advanced Medical Life Support. Yeah, for I sure. That was a really good one. That wasn't one that I really see that often um, being taught. But, uh, you know, I took it and I thought it was a great, great course. For me, uh, you know, I benefited quite a bit. I shadowed a couple docs that were just family friends um, and or people that I had met during my trainings. Um, you know, spend a shift in the ER, that kind of stuff. And watched, I did a lot of, uh, I guess, observing on how these physicians uh, would go and interview their patients, interrogate their patients, um, and then what actions they took after asking specific questions. So a lot of times they'd ask a question and, and then they'd follow up with a couple more questions on the same topic. And to me, that was something that, uh, you know, I kind of tried to memorize. And so then I would go out and practice. The next shift I had, I would ask those same questions, even if it wasn't super pertinent to what was going on. 
um, I think it made the patient feel like I was looking for something that maybe I knew a little bit more than I actually did. But it also helped me feel more confident in gathering information that I could potentially use to either you know, rule in or rule out, a, you know, some kind of issue that's going on with that patient. Um, you know, I was going to ask you, what other things, not just necessarily courses, but what other things do you think need to happen with some, you know, during that green year of your first year as an EMT? Um, I mean, I, I, I truly believe just, you know, I, I worked as much as I possibly, uh, much as I possibly could. I, I was still holding down a full-time job. And I mean, that might be you're a little bit tired when you go to, to work, but I think learning and seeing every chance you possibly can to see what real EMS is about, I think is extremely important. Um, I, you know, I don't think the EMT class is to show you what real EMS sure. is, it's to lay the foundation. So I think you know, working as many shifts as you kind can. Kind of going off that, because I agree and I totally did the same thing. You know, I was, there were several weeks where I was going from my full-time job to the night shift and back to my full-time job and going back and forth. and you know, kind of, it wears you out after a while. And, um, you know, we talk about burnout as we kind of move on in our EMS career. And I think that kind of accelerates it just a little bit, even though I think it is really, really important to get as much experience as you can, but don't overdo it. You know, know what, where your limits are. You don't want to be showing up to your full-time job that pays your bills, etc., and, you know, not be a hundred percent there. So, and, and conversely, you don't want to be, at 70% when you're on an EMS call where they expect 100%. So I think, you know, don't stretch yourself too thin in terms of how often you're volunteering, how many hours a week you're stretching yourself um, between the two jobs. Perfect. So um, if you could just sum up, like let's, uh, if we were gonna give uh, the people tuning in uh, a list of just five things that you think they should do in their first year, what do you think those five things would be? Um, I definitely think, um, it, taking as many courses as absolutely possible, I think, would be uh, extremely beneficial. Mm -hmm. uh, what else do you want to add to that list? Well, I, I'd say, number one, decide what role this new uh, education is going to play in your life. Is like this going to be a career field for you? And if so, how much time are you willing to, you know, at that point in time, how much time are you willing to um, delegate to, to this career field? And if it's not a lot, then you know that's okay, but know that you're going to be limited in terms of your opportunities. And if it's a lot, then know, you know what, what do you need to do to become a, a really good, trustworthy, functional member of an EMS team? And I think that really means learning your protocols, you know, so that you can, and you don't have to recite them cookie cutter, but uh, you know, at least be able to reference them in your mind and know what's expected of you. And then I think also learning the system that you're in, you know, uh, the fire districts that you serve, the um, different uh, agencies that you work with on a regular basis, get to know how they work because that helps streamline everything as you go on a call. You know, the patient may not necessarily know that there's five different agencies responding to this call with them. You know, they may think this is just one agency and they expect you all to work uh, together as one unit. And so I think that's, you know, several times I can, uh, you know, count that, you know, I've been on scene, I have no clue who any of the people that I'm working with are. Uh, I've never seen them before in my life. Yet we work as one unit because that was kind of built in there. Everybody has tried their hardest to learn the way the system works and what the expectations of each agency on a call would be. So I think that's really important. And then 
Um, you know, I think it's also important to attend as many trainings as possible. And I'm not talking about your ABC courses or any of those that cost money. I'm just talking about when the hospitals offer training uh, or there's a conference locally that you can go to. Or, you know, if you have some extra money laying around, go to like EMS World. Um, you know, I've, I've been there a couple times. Great conference. They have some great topics and it's for all levels of providers. Uh, so I think those are some fun things that you could do. And then my other thing, and I think this is really, really important, is you have to have patient contacts. We use primarily simulated patients in the education setting, you know, with mannequins and such, even if they're high fidelity mannequins, like SimMan, uh, you know, I think you can only do so much and it's never going to be really an actual patient. So having that hands-on actual patient care experience is, is vital and developing those heuristics or that pattern recognition uh, for certain symptoms and signs and um, diagnoses, I think is really important as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think uh, just reiterating the fact that, you know, just taking all the trainings we possibly can. Um, I think also understanding uh, that if you're going to, if you are going to jump into this job uh, with both feet, I think you need to understand there are going to be some, I don't know about you, but I suffered some, um, you know, uh, missing out on a couple of things. So there's going to be some things that you miss out on because of, you know, your friends want to go out and have a good time, but you're, you're active in your EMS and you want to take this job serious. I think you got to be ready for, um, you know, some, some negative sides of what other people would consider negative sides. But of course, you know, um, I think they're all positives. You know, you, I jumped in with both feet. Uh, I know you and I spent plenty of, uh, multiple shifts linked together, um, in our uh, early EMS career of, you know, being at work for 24 or 36 hour shifts and missing out on, you know, fun things that family's doing, but you get a chance to bond with some of those people in your agencies. And I think all those things are, are, are extremely valuable in that, in that first year of, of your EMS career, or we call this the green year, right? So I know we, we kind of got to wrap it up, but what do you think, are there any specific things other than we've talked about trainings, we've talked about um, pattern recognition and, and knowing your protocols and stuff, but is there anything specific to being an actual crew member uh, on a team with another EMT or paramedic or advanced EMT that you really think um, helps you gain that trust of that, that partner that you have, uh, you know, those kind of things makes them uh, respect you as a provider. Do you have any? Yeah, I think, uh, I think there's a, and I'm going to say this, there's kind of a fine line between being extremely annoying and being uh, inquisitive. But I think there's a lot of wasted time in all of our EMS rigs uh, after calls. We're driving back from a call or driving back from the hospital and we're, we're talking about things that, that just truly don't matter. I think that's a great time for that new green EMT to ask questions about why did the other provider ask the questions they ask or what was the route of their thinking or how did their diagnostic plan you know, how did that look in their head and you know, those kinds of things. Um, I just think there's, there's a fine line between asking too many questions and being that annoying new green EMT that no one likes and, and being inquisitive and being looked at as, a, you know, as a, a smart individual, a driven individual. So I think each individual has to find that fine line with each individual providers. I know I worked with providers who didn't like to be asked a lot of questions and then I worked with providers who would spend lots of time with me as a new EMT asking questions and and learning the ins and outs of EMS. So I think that's really important. I think you need to find a good mentor or a field training officer who will listen to you. For sure. I think be really careful. Those that seem burned out and don't want to listen to you, 
you know, I, I get it, but I think those are the people you got to be really careful of and, and find a different provider, a different mentor that would be willing to um, listen to you and answer those questions. I, what about you? Well, I was going to say, I, you know, of course you're going to run into all those different personalities. I think for me, the two things that I found to be most beneficial for me was number one, taking all the different things that uh, people I worked with said with a grain of salt, right? So, um, you know, I I would be told things from one provider and it'd be directly contradicted from another one. And so you kind of learn maybe where they were coming from. Why would they say this if it contradicts this way? Um, so, and then maybe having that conversation if I still don't understand it. I don't think there's any um, advice given by an experienced member. I don't think is bad advice. It's kind of how you take it and, and run with it. Um, you know, some I think you'll know right off the hand, right off hand that that's that doesn't apply to me. I don't think that way. You know, uh, those kind of things. But then other advice, you'll realize it will stick with you for a really long time. And then I think the other thing that's really important is, um, you know, really be attentive to what's happening around you while you're on shift. Um, how do people interact with each other? Who's respected? Who's not? What actions are respected um, or required or, you know, expected? Um, you know, one of the things that I learned really quickly was what or how my partner or paramedic that I was working with um, did things. And so I would try to be one step ahead of them in terms of, okay, well, I know on these types of patients, they're going to start an IV. So I'd get the IV bag out, I'd spike it, I'd get all that stuff ready um, so that the the paramedic partner that I had never ever had to ask me, uh, can you get this ready? Because I was one step ahead and I thought that was really important. It made um, people, you know, want to work with me. And I'm sure it also pissed people off. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, naturally, you know, it's gonna happen, yeah, right? naturally. But generally, I, I, I do feel like um, it, it streamlines the process of patient care. And I think that's really the ultimate goal for everybody is to give fast and appropriate patient care. Um, so. Yeah, absolutely. I think right at the very end, is there anything you uh, want to add about you know preparing yourself to move on after that green year? Um, anything you know getting towards that end of that year that you recommend that these individuals do to maybe get ready for moving on in EMS? Well, I think you know once you get to the year mark, I think it's really important that you take a step back and and have a good look at how that first year went. What were the things that you really liked? What were the things that you really didn't like? And is this something that you want to continue to do moving forward? And and again, ask yourself, what role is this going to play in my life? Is this going to be a career pathway and I want to pursue this 100%? Or is this going to be um, you know, a service that I give back to the community and I'm going to volunteer part-time or work part-time? And really ask yourself that question and then move on from there. If it's, you know what, I really like this, but I, I'm an EMT and I want to do more. I want to be able to, uh, you know, I think I have the knowledge now, so I want to move forward and be able to do more skills to help a patient. Well, then look forward towards the additional education, your advanced CMT, your IV tech, your you know cardiac monitor um, course, your paramedic, you know, whatever the next step is for you, um, you know, look into that and pursue it. And if that's not the way to go for you, then then acknowledge that and, and move on. Absolutely. Well, uh, thanks for sitting down and chatting with me and kind of giving everyone a good background of your your green year and your drive to EMS. And uh, I'm super excited to uh, continue our conversations. Yeah, likewise. Um, absolutely. So uh, thanks, man. Uh, we'll see you soon. All right. 
you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review. Also like our page on facebook.com backslash the bougie bros. You can also send us an email at the bougie bros podcast at gmail.com. The bougie bros would also like to thank Bryce for the production of this podcast.